Who are the most underrated characters in Street Fighter V these days? Dream King, Majin Ten, Shinhan, Catalyst, and I have all put together top three lists that we use to discuss, debate, and try to arrive at something of an answer to this question on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. All right. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I am John Cat Alice Gray, and with me as always is John Velas. John, I don't have a cool cat-related pun in my name, Guerrero. John, don't worry about it too much because I just quit the podcast, Guerrero. <laughs> I can't believe you did it. I do appreciate the cat joke. I didn't. I didn't expect that one. Yeah, I had to go there. It's Tiger King is great, but uh, but yeah, we're actually here to talk about fighting games, and we have two very special guests with us. One is Nicholas Majentention Hand Taylor. Say hi, Nick. Uh, hey everyone, thanks for having me on. And our other is our director of editorial, Stephen Dream King Chavez. Say hi, Dream King. I am Dream King, and I am not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So we have uh, these guys on this week because we're going to talk about Street Fighter V's three most underrated characters. Each of us have come forward with a list. Neither, none of us know who's on each other's list yet. But we're going to spend the majority of today talking about that. But first... Guilty Gear Strive beta, it's it's uh, it hasn't quite kicked off yet, right? Because tomorrow, I believe, is the um, at least the offline portion of it. But Nick, you're super excited. You've been checking it out. You wanted to talk about it. Tell the people about Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about Guilty Gear Strive is that I've been very skeptical of it because uh, a lot of the misgivings that people have had with Street Fighter V, especially at its launch, kind of might apply to Guilty Gear Strive as well. That's kind of like what people are worried about. So I'm excited to get my hands on it to try it out and see what it's like, because I remember with Grand Blue Fantasy versus I was not interested at all. And then the beta came and I absolutely loved it. And now I love the main game even more. So, you know, that could be the case with Guilty Gear Strive as well. Uh, above all, the game is absolutely gorgeous, unbelievably pleasing aesthetically. So. It's going to be interesting to see all the impressions and everything around the net uh, this week because it kicks off tomorrow, like you said. I think the online portion is just Saturday and Sunday, but that's not going to be very representative of the game because they already said they have rollback, but the beta test will have delay-based. So Yeah, it's a sampling of nothing that you're ever going to get. It's, pretty it's much. completely out in left field. But hey, I'm sure people still want to play it online. Yeah, I mean, I guess the main the main thing about it is uh, trying out their lobby system and stuff like that. Because even if the netcode isn't going to be the same, a lot of the other stuff is going to be the same. And also getting impressions from people that weren't at uh, the Arc Revo uh, finals. And I think they had it at Frosty Fostings as well, unless I'm misremembering. Uh, they had like a playable version at a few events and they've taken a lot of feedback. But I guess they want even more feedback, uh, especially from different regions so uh yeah that's going to be interesting and uh um dream king is also going to be playing it and i don't think he's been playing guilty gear that much in the past as far as i'm aware i've dabbled in it here and there um those games aren't usually my forte i'm, I'm more of a street fighter killer instant kind of guy but i do think that strive looks really really good i am excited to try out the beta i do have a code myself uh so i'm going to be getting in there as well mixing it up and uh, seeing what it's all about um yeah, it, it looks pretty great. Uh, I was watching some of the character tutorials that the uh, the official Arxis, I think, YouTube channel has been releasing, uh, and they're they're pretty darn interesting. Um, it's it's cool to see that more of these gaming companies are are doing that kind of content for people um, leading into big releases and things like that. It's uh, pretty interesting, but I'm pretty hyped for it, uh, honestly. 
Um, yeah. Probably going to play May, I think. May, right okay. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you'd go with Potemkin. Yeah, I I think he's okay. Because uh, he's like the big old hulky, like, beefy dude. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, May seems a little bit more of a, a rushdown-y kind of character for me. Uh, and, I, and I've played her in the past, too. I, I like her stuff, too. Plus, like, the dolphins and all that. Like, she has a big whale super, which looks really cool, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, she has a yeah. lot of fun stuff. Just to give people an idea of Dream King's execution, what he can do in trials and stuff, uh, one of our former editors here, Nate, he actually uh, brought Guilty Gear to our hotel room to, you know, just play it and stuff. He's like, hey, I'm having trouble with these, like, trials. Can you do them? And, like, Dream King sat down for, like, a half hour and did, like, half of them. He's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're done for you. And it's just, it, it's his his ability to pick stuff up and do it at a high level executionally is very impressive. But, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, That's the yeah. only compliment I'm ever going to give you, Dream King. So just look at so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm used to that. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be playing either Chip or Axel in the mm-hmm. beta. Very nice. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Nick, what character you thought Steven would play, but you already answered that without me asking. So now I got to ask, what Guilty Gear player or character do you think I would play? Out of the ones in the beta now? No, just in Guilty Gear. Like, just say in um, Xrd. Or or any they're all the same in the in this current game, right? So it's um, I mean they're all overlap. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess a character for you, I would probably say Slayer. And Nick, okay. I already know who you'd pick for me. Go ahead and tell the audience. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely no, I'm not entirely sure who I'd pick for you actually, because uh, I wasn't really prepared for it. But uh, if I had to absolutely guess, I would probably go with Venom. Oh, okay. I was actually gonna go with Jacko, but that, that's like she's a. Uh, I love the horror characters, like in every way, shape, or form, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Venom, Venom's a lot better. Yeah, that's all right. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> play high tier, right? I just I play the characters that like really frustrate you and annoy that's you, and true. all that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I, I mean, Jacko was what first sprung to mind because you said <laughs> I would know, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't think she would use the type of zoning and annoyance that you typically like. Well, I think that Venom probably would. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, guys, so let's uh, transition over here to talking about Street Fighter V like we never do on this podcast. <laughs> now, I want to start with just one of you kind of randomly giving me your first character that you think is uh, underrated. And uh, I'm going to spin this wheel that I have here in my office, and it landed on Nick. So, Nick, give us your first character. Honda. Honda. Is that Okay, first and foremost, is Honda on anybody else's list? No. He's on my list. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I considered him, I never really strongly considered him, but I did stop and think for a minute about it. Um, okay, so Honda, how come? Well, the thing about Honda is you see a lot of people place him really low on the tier list, and you'll often hear people say, oh, he's like a bottom five character or whatever. But when you look at what people say when they're not talking about tier lists, but specifically talking about Honda, everyone is saying, oh, I fucked you up. I hate that guy. <laughs> and if he was that bad, why would people hate him so much? I mean, I've played against him and everything. I think his, uh, I, I think you even wrote a piece on this uh, Raptor about his uh, standing heavy being in Swiss Army knife. It basically covers everything. Um, it does a lot, yeah. Yeah, and then he has uh, hands that are plus. Uh, his headbutt, the light one, is basically unpunishable. I, I, I. It could be wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think... It's not... negative, but it's one of those kind exactly. of trappy moves. Yeah, it's minus yeah. four, I'm pretty sure. But it f- goes so far away that not even Sakura standing okay can reach it. I'm pretty sure. And that's like... It, then it's safe. <laughs> it's, it's not minus. I mean, the only thing I can think of that would probably punish it in that case would be Mika's super. 
because it's free frames and goes pretty far forward. Uh, so you have a lot of those kinds of things with Honda. You also have like, you know, if he does the butt slam, it's different frames depending on if he's in front or behind you. He can be plus or he can be minus, and it depends a lot on like which version did he use and which side is he hitting you on. And uh, I, I thought he was underrated when he came out. And since then, he's gotten better because he got a little bit of buffs and he got the V-Skill 2, which lets him cancel the hands from sweep. I mean, come on. This is a pretty crazy character. He can, like... I, I mean, okay, sure. You need to find space to do the V-Skill 2 to have this buff. But that's still a sweep, which you can make safe without actually burning any resources. Yeah, it's... Uh, the, the hands pressure is one of the big things for me and just his damage output and stuff as well. Uh, and a lot of stuff he gets off of standing heavy punch and... Um, I was testing out the different hands and, uh, you know, the, the different ranges and things like that and how plus they are and all that. And um, he can do some interesting things where he can, like, from different ranges or different normals, they'll leave him spaced out differently. So he'll, like, make stuff like three frames whiff and things like that and counter, counter hit you and stuff like that. Um, I think it was Cool Kid on Twitter who showed a clip uh, a couple months back where he was playing Honda against a, a Karen player online. And um, he had the, the Karen cornered and just kept using hands nonstop. And people are like, why is that Karen not doing V-Reversal? And Cool Kid's like, well, if he did V-Reversal, I could just, on reaction, use V-Trigger 1 and do the command throw and, and stop it, basically. And you think you couple that with how powerful the hands pressure is, it's like, man, that's kind of a, that's really dirty. And I think there's a lot of stuff with that character that's not really explored. And just, again, all the overall tools that Nick was talking about here, like, that character to me is, when I see him in relation to where people put him on the tier list, I'm like... I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think there's more juice to that character. Just people aren't really going for it yet. But I wouldn't be surprised to see that character be pretty darn solid this season. Uh, you know, whenever tournaments start kind of springing up again. Um, yeah, I think that character is underrated. He he's full of surprises because of the way he moves. Like, sure, he can waddle around, but and you think of a character's movement. A lot of times, you consider that unless they're you know someone like Bison, who who certainly doesn't really rely on his walk speed. He he moves with with attacks a lot of the time and honda does the same he's moving around with headbutt and he's moving around with butt slam headbutt's a fairly standard you know you can whatever kind of um it's it's a logical move but then like butt slam is different it's weird it's got this hitbox going up it goes up at an angle comes straight down uh and it's 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 not like most any other move uh, at least off the top of my head in the game you know and Honda's kind of coming at you from various angles or has the potential to, and at any moment, as long as he has charge. At the same time, he's got, in in Street Fighter V specifically, he's not just headbutts and hands and the occasional butt slam. Like, every one of his buttons, because I played the character quite a bit right after he first came out, and every one of his buttons seems to have a place and, and a function. And it's almost, I don't, want, I don't want to say he's technical, but I think he's more technical than Honda has been in the past. And it's certainly, there's a lot of different things that you have to be considering much more than what I remember having to do when I was playing Honda in Street Fighter 4, for example. And uh, like, what are you going to do with his V skill? Which hands do you want to combo into because you want to be, you know, a certain distance back or you want to put a certain amount of chip damage or you have a certain amount of meter that allows you to do more from these hands, stuff like that. You're, you're, you're definitely, he has a lot of tools. So I like describing him as something of a Swiss army knife, which you don't, I don't think tend to think about when you think of Honda. You think of like more straightforward headbutts and and you know blocking and hands, right? But but he certainly is more than that. I do like him as a pick. I here's the thing: we haven't seen many 
uh, well, much tournament play from him. And he's still young, you know, a young DLC character. And we haven't had any opportunities really this year. So people haven't come out with him. And he has kind of, I would say, um, a, a reputation for not being that great of a character generally um, and, and much more defensive, which you would think in Street Fighter V, unless Honda was broken and obviously the best character, he's probably polarized and down at the lower tiers. And I think that's how people sort of expect to see him. But I don't think that that's actually the case based on the evidence of everything we were just talking about. Yeah, and another thing to think about with Honda, which relates to what you were saying, is that he has a very strange type of popularity. He has the type of popularity where people want him in the game, but they don't actually want to play him. So even in Street Fighter 4, Honda was very rare, even in versions where people considered him very good, like in Super Street Fighter 4. Uh, I believe it was that version where Mike Ross uh, got top 8 at Evo with the character. Right. So obviously he wasn't a bad character. Uh, Mike Ross did amazingly well with him, and Mike Ross was obviously a very, or is a very good player. Um, so overall, even when Honda is strong, he isn't very popular because... I mean, there there are a ton of reasons why, I'm sure, but I think the general reputation surrounding Honda is, like you were saying, people tend to be kind of down on him, as in he's kind of bad, usually, even if he might not be, but it's also that a lot of people find him fairly boring. Yeah, and that also, the Swiss Army thing counters the boring, uh, but I'm, you're not wrong, that's how people perceive him, but I will say, like, if you play against him, especially against someone that even just begins to know what they're doing, you run into a Honda online that's like a Grandmaster or something like that, and you feel it, like, the Honda has a lot more options than you would expect. Actually, sure. that's where I disagree. I, I play a Super Diamond Honda a lot, um, I, I forget his name offhand, but once he's downloaded, I actually think he gets quite a bit worse. He gets away with a lot of stuff where people just don't know the matchup very well, but a lot of his things are negative, a lot of his setups are good, uh, are bad, I should say, um, unless you... <laughs> Let, let me let me take a step back. They're good if you don't know exactly how to counter them. Like he he reminds me a bit of an Alex player. And Nick plays Alex, and he knows like kind of all the weaknesses of the character. And and it's like once someone really labs a character, they're so much worse. And and actually, Drinking just played an Alex player uh, the other day. It was a platinum Alex, and he's a diamond player, and he lost to him. And I'm like, dude, you completely approached the matchup wrong. And I think a lot of people just don't know the Honda matchup kind of like really well. And I think once they do, I think he he's just a way worse character. I I think that's possible, but I would also like to say that looking at Honda historically, Minot would be the type of character that destroys him. I was gonna say you're a Minot player, so that that that's in the equation. Yeah, is, for sure. Yeah. Now, can Honda be punished by Minot? Where, like in in situations we're talking about headbutt, where no one else, even Sakura standing light hit, can't reach him, but maybe Minot and Dalsim can. Probably not. But at the same time, why would she need to punish him? She can keep him out with her normals. Because headbutt isn't invincible, and she reaches far. But doesn't uh, well, yeah, V trigger headbutt gets a hit invincibility, right? Oh, yeah, it gets or an armor, a head of armor, say. right? But I, uh, mm. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's frame one armor, is it? It's a uh, frame three, yeah, yeah. Frame three. Yeah, uh, and actually, Minot in that matchup, oddly enough, she wants to keep Honda at zoning, uh, mid-range zoning, and keep the sphere behind him as much as possible. Uh, Honda actually does pretty well if you just try to keep him out because uh, he can do some headbutts from ranges that like do pretty well for him uh he ends up having the risk reward in his favor if you try to overly zone him you generally want to rush him down and take advantage of his poor defense because his defense is actually pretty crap uh and again like just a three frame armor thing and no um uh three frame normal you know so it's Monad actually does her best work when she gets in on him 
Yeah, but mm-hmm. I also think that's a thing Manat can do because most characters would get kept out by his standing heavy punch and other things that Manat would probably outrange. That's true. Yeah, that's something she can do. So He certainly is a rushdown character version of himself and he can pester away with, with headbutts, but I think all of that is to just get a little extra chip damage and eventually get one that works or get in, you know, and, and, and be in that danger zone where he wants to be. He certainly like he. I don't think he has a three frame. Is like crouching light kick or something. Yeah, it, like it's all it's all four frames. He, he doesn't yeah. have okay, that yeah. three frame move. So yeah, and and he, then his uh, ex headbutt doesn't that have a hit of armor? Like yeah. isn't that his reversal ish yeah. option? But even that's not very strong. It's and from if you three frames block it, it's, Yeah, and it's it's negative twenty six. And it's crush counter too. So that's uh that's one of those like kind of Urian or Falk. Uh, double-edged swords that are one edge is particularly sharp in my opinion uh, yeah, just, just to be clear move. he doesn't get crush countered on that um but yeah it's it's negative 26 i mean that's on um, ex headbutt yeah. he doesn't nope, nope. I'd, I'd say he's more like uh alex in that sense he doesn't have yeah. a free frame and he has a free uh, an armor move that only activates on the third frame which is ex and it's woefully minus it sounds just like alex yeah on defense so yeah, I don't I don't hate him as a pick here. I, I there just doesn't seem to be enough hard evidence. But even playing against the character against someone that seems to be like you know exploring further than I did with the character, um, and and I could see potential there too. But even just playing against them, I go yeah, there's more to this, and I don't know how deep the well goes. But I guarantee you, if someone started bringing Honda and like routinely getting say like top sixteens or so in tournament. Uh, that would boost him a lot. I think there's a lot in the chamber there. Yeah. Um, just whether or not it's actually going to fire off and, and take him somewhere, <clears throat> that remains to be seen. Sure. But I don't I don't hate him as a pick. Yeah, but just to clarify as well, I mean, we aren't talking about hidden top tiers here. We're talking about underrated characters. Underrated. Better yeah. than they were. Yeah, that's something I, I guess I wanted to clarify before we started. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Then uh, some of these choices are going to be characters that are, um, that are closer to the higher of the tier list, or at least they could be. And it's just a matter of, what we perceive the public to perceive um, and a lot of that influence is just how we talk to each other so i think (laughs) what we think is going to influence each other a lot here too but we're talking about characters that are better than where people perceive them so maybe someone thinks a character is like or the general population thinks a character is like maybe around top 10 and we think they're actually around top three yeah that still can that's still valid of course and maybe someone you know maybe is the worst in the game. No, actually, just mid-tier. That's also a valid pick here. So, moving right along, Steven, who is, uh, besides Honda, someone on your list? Uh, this is probably not a surprise to anybody, given the recent stories and stuff that I've been doing, but uh, Gil. Gil is a character that I feel is um, pretty underrated right now. Um, from the tier list that I've been seeing and just the community uh, you know, perception of him, people seem to believe he's about mid-tier to low-tier. Uh, it's... For me, I man, just having played that character and seeing what he could do as well, it's like he's so well-rounded that I just I don't see him as that. I see him at quite a bit higher. Um, let me let me jump in actually and, and address because I have notes on this. Gil is my number two character. Uh, I'm most underrated. Uh, Ryusei, the um, the Urian player, he had him in the very lowest tier when he did his tier listing. Tokido, Gachakun, Mago, Fujimura, those scrubs, they had him in the second to last tier, and then Dogura had him at 29th overall. Like just to give people an idea, when we're saying that some people don't feel that Gil is very good, that's who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he just he has so many great tools. Um, I think one of the things that kind of holds him back a little bit is that uh, on the surface, it can get it can be difficult to kind of get things going uh, when you're getting bread and butters and stuff. Uh, he's not doing the most damage. A lot of it is setting up for retribution to to really get the big damage and setups and all of that. So a lot of times you're getting like jabs into a lariat or something. It, it's not that much, um, but he he has great rushdown. He has great normals. I mean, freaking standing medium punch is amazing. Standing heavy punch is really good. Standing medium kick, great range, great poke. Um, he's got a lot of great normals. He can do big damage. He's got some gnarly mix-ups as well. Um, he has a, a really, really good uh, three-frame normal in crouching light punch, uh, which helps him on defense. Um, he's just got a lot of stuff, and I think that it's a matter of people having to tap into it and really figure out what works there. Um, you see p players like Nemo playing him right now and doing pretty well. I mean, again, we don't really have tournaments, but you see stuff like Topanga and everything. Like, the things that he's doing are really, really strong, it feels like to me. Um, Speaking of Nemo, Nemo dropped Yurian for Gil. The mm -hmm. supposed best character in the game in Yurian from a number of people that are saying that who are full of garbage, but <laughs> Nemo dropped Yurian for Gil. Mm -hmm. That, like, I, I, people need to have he a also sink in a G bit. to go back to Yurian. Yeah, drop G to go to Nemo's game. weird with his picks. Yeah, he is weird, but I mean, still, that's a big deal, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it seems like the Gil pick is here to stay as far as I've seen anyway. Um, he looks like he's having a blast playing that character, and, and rightfully so. The character's a lot of fun to play. Um, I think with Gil, it's like, I feel like people are underrating him because, like I said, it's kind of, you have to dig a bit to get to the, the meat of stuff, right? Uh, and his V-Triggers aren't win buttons at all. It's like you really have to set that stuff up, uh, especially V-Trigger 2, which I dropped because I hate that V-Trigger now. But uh, even V-Trigger 1, uh, it's it's not just a, an easy win kind of thing. Like you really have to know how to set it up and, and how to convert as well. So even if you get a hit with the, the Comet or the Uppercut, it's like you need to know what the follow-ups are and where you're at and all that stuff. It's uh, There's some digging that needs to be done with this character, but... Um, yeah, it's like, man, he has so many tools. And I'm like, I'm hard-pressed to imagine he's below mid-tier. Like, again, seeing where he's been placed on the tier list so far, I'm like, I don't see that. I just, I just don't see it. What's the argument to say that he's so low? I mean, obviously, we haven't sat and listened to the, the Japanese players you guys just talked about I, I, say why they specifically think he's there. But, like, what would that argument be? I the would argument guess, uh, oh, go ahead, Dick. Uh, I would guess that the main argument is that he doesn't have enough crazy stuff, you know? There isn't enough just do it on the character. And I've also heard people uh, comment that while he does have good fireballs, he doesn't have that great anti-airs, so he becomes kind of an ineffectual zoner if you play him Ooh, that way. That is so wrong. Said that yeah. this, is what I, this is what I've heard from people. Yeah, this is what I've heard from guild players. Wow. <laughs> wow. This, this is what guild players have been saying. I mean, if you have problems with it, take it up with them, not with me. Because yeah, this is the narrative. They're not here, and you are, so we're definitely taking it up with you. Yeah, these are your opinions now, and um, you have to hold them. But no, that's it's just mind-blowing to yeah. me. But yeah. What I will say personally about Gil, as for, like, I don't think it's a bad pick for this, uh, now that I've heard these rankings that John brought up about Gil. Mm -hmm. Because uh, my main reaction was that I can't personally call him underrated, because I haven't gotten a good feel for where people are even rating him. Mm -hmm. But hearing that people are putting him in like the lowest tier, 29th and whatever, I mean, I think he's at the very tail end of top 10, personally. So I would also consider him underrated if that's where people are placing him. Um, and I agree with most of what Steven said. Like, you need to put some time in with this character and you get a lot of crazy good stuff with him. But a big thing with Gil is that he 
doesn't really play Street Fighter V. And that's what I've said since he yeah. came out. That's also why I've been praising the character, ironically. Because <laughs> uh, I think he's an extremely well-designed character. And ironically enough, he doesn't at all follow Street Fighter V's system, which is strange. Meaning what? Uh, he doesn't even have crush counters. Yep, no crush I mean, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So okay. he's, he's like, he's divorced from one of the core systems of Street Fighter V. And he also uses like this retribution mechanic, which is his and his alone. You have fire and ice effects in the game, but they don't work the same because nobody has both except Gil. So he suddenly has this entirely new thing working for him. And that's how you unlock his potential. So Well, but but I don't disagree necessarily that he doesn't play Street Fighter V, but you also have a character like Fong who has, you know, a weird mechanic like that that's unique to him and he still is playing well, maybe he's not playing Street Fighter V either, but I when you say that, I think more along the lines of something that has to do with his like rush down or just do it ability or something with the V system. But if it's just the mechanic, it's like, yeah, that's different, but I don't think that means he doesn't play Street Fighter V. He doesn't but Fang has crush counters. <laughs> That's a very big factor sure. here. I mean, and that literally does not exist for to, you. Just to add a couple things to what Nick is saying, his parry is by far the best in the game, and it's oh, to yeah. the point where you can actually use it throughout the match. Not third strike in entirely, but not entirely removed from it either. It's a two-frame parry startup. No one is that fast. It's actually viable and good. And then this is Street Fighter Five. He still, but he has only two two-bar V-triggers. Like, that You can't mm-hmm. pick a three-bar V-trigger with him. He just does not have them, so he gets to his... Uh, his V trigger cancels very, very, very quickly in matches because he's usually building them up with the parry. It's it's quite fascinating watching him. And then his fireball game is maybe Sagat, maybe you know Guile or something like that. But his fireball game is one of the best in the entire game. So I think that yes, he plays some elements of Street Fighter Five, but he's very much outside the norm of what a Street Fighter Five character typically looks like. Yeah, and d- so he's unlike everybody else. He is, and to also like further. Uh go with this point and comparing him to Fang. Fang's thing is that he has a gimmick where he poisons you. I would consider that similar to the other flame and ice gimmicks in the game, like Colleen's where she freezes your stun bar, right? The thing with Gil is he will enhance his moves without using a power-up move to enhance him. Do you understand what I mean? Because a lot of other characters, they will have these skills to buff up their properties. He doesn't actually do that. It's a debuff that makes him stronger on you. And that's an entirely different thing that other characters aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he sets up a lot of stuff with, with meter to get these debuffs on, but then he has normals and special attacks that have elemental powers on them, and then you mix those in to basically get the retribution out, which leads to better combos, more damage, uh, hard knockdowns for stuff like his overhead. So you're, you're constantly kind of balancing that idea there of like, all right, well, did I hit them with an EX Lariat, a Fire Lariat, so now they have the Fire debuff, now my next combo should include an Ice Lariat to get the juggle, right? So you're he's kind of operating outside of all this stuff where, and again, with no crush counters, it's like, that's the crux of his game plan. It's like, he's that's where he's going to get that big damage, that's where he needs to to practice that to, to get the punishes and stuff like that. It's like, it's... The retribution. Yes, the retribution. It's it's a very, uh, very different thing there, and it's it's basically what he's designed around, and it's like, no one else really has something like that in the game. What's well, also... You know what I think it is? Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to get back to why Japan sees him the way they see him, or, or see, see him, or rather why they saw him that way. I, I suspect they might have changed their tune by now, 
But the reason I think it is is because they were making that tier list assessing Street Fighter V based on what they've known up until this point, which is the just do it. And if someone has robbery factor, then they're going to just naturally excel. And then there are other avenues to get to top tier, but those are some really big ones. And Gil doesn't seem to have those. Uh, well, he, he doesn't really have those, right? And so uh, because, uh, they might have been measuring him as far as his, his abilities based on what they've seen thus far works really well in Street Fighter V, because what else are you going to do? And the at the same time, though, it feels as though, and we've talked about this quite a bit, that Street Fighter V has changed and having just do it moves is no longer enough. And and you have to have some combination of that plus footsies um, and, and you know, the, the equation for what goes into a top tier character has changed significantly, it, is, it seems. And uh, maybe if we go back and, and revisit Gil now that Nemo's had some time to, uh, to destroy some people and we've seen the results, uh, the limited results of tournaments thus far, the, he might be higher up. Yeah, I, but I, I wanted take, to ask where we. I take issue with yeah. people saying that Gil does not have just do it moves because they need to watch Dream King uses lariat and uses knees, and then they're going to revise that opinion real <laughs> quickly because the way he sets you up and he he'll paint you with ice or fire and then he'll do an appropriate lariat with it, and if he hits you with it, um, you're done. And then he can space it pretty well, even though it's a negative six move. He can space it sometimes where I am struggling to punish it with my knot. Maybe I get a jab, maybe I don't. He can make it safe like birdies, you know, uh, bull rush and stuff like that. It's actually, he's got better stuff than I think most people realize, but what he has going against him is he's fairly technical. So a lot of people have not actually seen all this stuff at a high level. Um, I have a lot of experience against Gil now, but but Steven, you can speak to this, especially like his knees, what you can do with those. Yeah, his knees... Uh determined or based on the space that he, he hits them at um you're you're basically uh it's still gill's turn so you could do stuff like uh you know hit a standing heavy punch up close and then do a light knee and if they block it um he's getting like a standing light kick to counter hit you right and so the thing about knees is that it's it's both better his knee drop is both better than urian's and worse than urian's because it's it's active way later into the animation so he's not really hitting it until he's like right above you Whereas if you jump and you try to, you know, air to air Urian, a lot of times he'll hit you out of it. So with Gil, you're hitting him every time. But if you block it, now you're in a bad spot. He's plus, he's he's good there. So now you're you're kind of screwed. So if you react too late to it and you mix that stuff up, it's it's kind of your ass, right? And so uh, also with knees, he can do stuff like bait throws. And so you can kind of walk up and do a knee and now he's in the air and he's hitting you, knocked down, he's dashing up. Now you're eating standing medium punch pressure, which you don't want to eat. Uh, that character, there, there's so, so many good things with this character that, again, people don't really understand yet. And uh, Knee Drop is, is one of those things, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just wanted to shout out that I, I think this is a top top, uh, top 15 character in this game. Uh, Nemo, 801 Strider, Infectious now, Dankadius, they're all playing him. Uh, he's somewhat common and ranked. And then Steven Dream King here never plays anyone who sucks in Street Fighter V. And of course, he's playing Gil right now. Uh, That's I, true. Yeah, I, it's... um. This is a character I just don't see how he's not good. Uh, and, and just a, a little shout out here to Bonchan. Um, he's not playing him, but Bonchan will come up here later in my list. Um, he uses fireballs quite a bit, Gil does. Um, and Bonchan is very much an advocate for that being a stabilizing factor in all fighting games, but even in Street Fighter V. It's like, I just kind of look at Gil and go, man, how come so many people are sleeping on like I'm not saying this character is just fantastic, but he's at the very worst, he's good. And so it's kind of like shocking to me that people aren't, you know, on board with that. But yeah. 
So where do we see people perceiving him? Is it just what the, the Japanese players said? He's like one of the absolute worst characters in the game. And then you guys think maybe top 15, tail end of top 10? Um, I mean, I again, I haven't really seen people uh, list him, which is... Uh, I mean, I probably would have had him in my list if I knew people saw him as lowly as uh, John pointed out. Um, so I can't speak to where he's being ranked, but I would have him at about 10th-ish, somewhere there. Yeah, I've got him about uh, no lower than, than top 15. No lower than 15. I, I can't see that being a scenario. And I, if he was top 10, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That, that character has so much to him that it's just, again, you got to work for it a bit, but man, there's a lot there. Yeah, he has a lot of different things, and those retribution combos, not only are they flashy and cool, but they take you to the corner and take off all of your life, but if you're still alive afterwards, it's like, well, now you got a gill with your back to the corner. Good luck. Yeah, I, I just have to jump in and mention this. Watching Steven play, um, he had an opportunity to you know switch sides on the corner. I'm like, why didn't you do that? And then I watched him do a corner carry combo that took the opponent all the way from Steven being in the back of the corner to, like, uh, I think the opponent was, like, maybe... Uh, you know, five inches away from the corner, like all the way from one side to the other. That's how far his core bread and butter carried the the opponent to the corner. I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, that's my secret. Yeah. I always have you cornered. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that with Gil, if you get a V-Trigger 1 activation from like crouching medium punch into EX Fireball, which is pretty much the party starter, like you can do juggles that will end, the, you know, a combo that'll end with pushing them towards the corner like quite a bit. But then the natural inclination is people want to back roll because you're forward dashing and you're, you're right on top of them. And then they're in the corner and now you're at the perfect range to just bully them while they're cornered. And it's like... You don't even realize what you're doing, dude. Like, you're trying to get away from my pressure, but you're rolling into the corner where I want you. So please do that. Keep doing it, right? Like, yeah, you got away from the meaty, but now you're cornered. Now you're screwed because I still have B-Trigger, and it's, it's only the beginning, right? So, man, that character is awesome. Man, I wish I could play against your gill online. I have to get better in that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, John, someone from your list, please. All right. I'm going to start here at number three uh, with Sagat. I mentioned Gil's number two. But players using them include Bonchan, Gachakun, Zaffirino, the latter of which is more of a name here for the Street Fighter Four days, but he's still a good player. Uh, Gachakun is playing him a bit right now, going away from Rashid, which is, you know, should be good evidence right there. Uh, Gachakun is, of course, one of the big, you know, Sagat players in the past. Um, the fact he's back off Rashid even a bit it is I think shows the character has more juice than people anticipated but the real big dog in the room of course is Bonchan who is at one point considered to be the best player in 2019 earlier in the year but he was considered to be the best player on the planet uh, Bonchan has beaten Fujimura, Ryusei, Nemo, Knuckledoo, NL, Itabashi Zangief, Goichi, MOV, Master Vampires, Dogura, and Infectious in tournament with Sagat. I wanted to get that full, yes, that's a lot of names and stuff out there, but those are all the people he has beaten with the, the Muay Thai master, Tiger King. That's a better name for him now. <laughs> um, people, of course, know what Bonchan, uh, that they, he won EVO 2019 with Karen, but they seem to forget that he also played a healthy amount of Sagat too. He used him in winner's finals to advance to the grand finals. This was not a fluke either, uh, because Bonchan did the same thing at, at Versus Fighting 2019, beating Infectious, Infectious yet again with the Tiger King two Two weeks before Evo, this was not a fluke. This was not a random pick. This was like, oh, I have a pocket Sagat that is really good. So I want to be clear here, and I'm not saying Sagat is secret top tier, just that this character seems to be off of most people's radar. 
even though he is legitimately proven to be solid, he can get big matches in tournament. You have to put in big work to make him pay off, but he's not bad. He's a solid character with some holes in his game, but that is a murderer's row of players I just listed off that should show Sagat is legit in this game. He's not great, but he is legit. And I don't understand why more people aren't just giving him the time, giving him a solid look. He's worth playing. Like, I can't believe I, I listed off those, those three players there. That's like it. They're, there's a few other people playing Sagat, but like almost no known names of the community. And even Gachakun, who is known for playing Sagat in the past, he only plays them a bit. So it's look, I, I'm a little bit kind of mind blown that Sagat, like being one of the more popular characters in Street Fighter history, is not a bigger deal in Street Fighter Five. I get he's not a top tier character, but Bonchan spoke a ways back about how fireballs help you maintain security in fighting games. And we've talked about Street Fighter V being so volatile and so crazy. Um, this is a character that can help negate that. And, and yeah, it's like, so it's a little bit mind blowing to me that people are like, oh, you know, um, I wish there was a more way to like, you know, negate the crazy stuff in Street Fighter V. And like, there's a very solid character who gets massive tournament wins right here. I'm not going to play him. Yeah, screw that. Street Fighter V is dumb. You know, kind of this stuff like it blows my mind. It's like you've got examples right there of a great character. So Sagat, I feel, is very underrated in this game by the masses, by pretty much everyone, even though he wins at the highest of levels. Well, yes, he does. Um, I played the character for a few months, and occasionally we'll we'll venture back just um, can, just can, for, can uh, I just, for fun time. Can I just mention that he's on my list too? Because yeah. oh, John God. was going oh, yeah. for like John was going for like four minutes, and there wasn't really anywhere <laughs> to jump in. Yeah, so Sagat is interesting. I I agree that he's probably regarded as lower than he actually is because. He's like, like he's kind of a not. I don't want to say like a stationary siege tank that just like makes posts up and chucks plasma. But that is a significant part of his game, especially when you consider it relative to just other characters in this game. Like you're not playing many characters the way you play Sagat um, in Street Fighter V, and even the similar like zoners like Guile has so much more movement options and and. Um, can can dance around the screen with a little more fluidity. Sagat does move, especially with like Tiger Knee, and 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 he can cover a lot of distance if, especially if he's doing like a combo with uh, with a Kara in it. But he feels restrictive from the beginning, and I think that turns people off from exploring him too far. That said, in the same way I was speaking about Honda, where you can see the potential starting to brim out. I see that with Sagat players online that know more of what they're doing than I would, but I don't feel it as much. I think there's a few things where Sagat's going to be tricky and kind of catch you with a gimmick or catch you with just a really strong setup that you or a situation that you're not aware of. But he's he's also, he really feels one track. He really feels like I'm going to chuck this plasma at you. I'm going to zone you and I'm not going to take... He, he does damage with his combos for sure, but I don't think he has similar routes into his combos. I think he has to more honestly manipulate people than other characters. I don't know how much he has in the way of just do it. There's a little bit there, especially with um, as V-Trigger 2, but not a ton. And because of that, his it, it, it just feels like there are other characters that are legitimately stronger and have more potential if you're someone as good as Bonchan, sure you can make a character like this work at the highest levels but i think a lot of that is Bonchan. the thing for me when it comes to sagat and it kind of relates to what you were saying but in a more positive light is that this is a character that radiates stability people 
are very much anti-firewall in Street Fighter V because there are a lot of things that work against fireballs in this game. You have a lot of moves that go against fireballs. The hurt boxes are very extended on firing fireballs. A lot of people keep bringing up that Street Fighter V fireballs are basically like Dan's from Street Fighter Four in that <laughs> the hurt box just sticks out all the way out. Uh, and uh, that might be true with Sagat's hurt boxes as well, but the thing about Sagat's fireballs is that they're insanely fast and effective in the Street Fighter V landscape. People have been writing off fireballs because they're thinking, oh yeah, but they have a lot of countermeasures for fireballs. Yeah, okay, sure, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. And I think that Sagat's fireball game in Street Fighter V is one of the two best in the game, with the other one being Lucia, and that's because Lucia has so many different ones. She can fire at different angles and catch people in the air and everything. But Sagat's are straightforward. They're extremely fast. He can just chuck them like crazy, and he doesn't need charge to do it, like Guile You does. think those are both better than Guile's? I, I think, besides the fact that Guile can charge this up with V-Skills, Sagat is better, no question. And the thing is, Guile needs to bring up this space, he needs to like figure something out you know, to get that. I think both Lucia and Sagat kind of circumvent that in a different way. I do think Guile has amazing fireballs, don't get me wrong, but... I think that with Sagat, you can fire, you, you can keep chucking out the fireballs more consistently because it doesn't have charge. And with Lucia, you're going to catch your opponents unaware because of the now, fireballs. Lucia is kind of a 50 50 fireball situation, though. And I, we don't have to go too far into this because it's kind of off topic. Yeah. But I, I, Lucia has strong situations, but a lot of it just kind of comes down to uh, I'm either going to go high because you're going low, or I'm going to go in low because you're going high. And, and, I mean, it's it's rough, but once you 50-50 the right way. But with Guile, he's already he's he's so often not even at uh, risk of you jumping because of how fast his recovery is. You pair that with all of his other tools for anti-airs and normals, and I think Guile still has the best fireball game hands down. Sagat's is strong. I you can make an argument that Sagat and Guile or could compete with Guile, but I don't think with Lucia. Uh, I was just looking it up for you, and uh, Sagat has faster recovery on his fireballs than Guile does on his. I believe it, but the situations that you end up in with, I, it's not easy to jump over Sagat's fireballs, not at all. No. Um, I just think, God, and, and so maybe it's zoning specifically, I couldn't argue against it for sure right now. So I'll give you I'll give you Sagat and Guile, but I don't. Lucia isn't on my list, so there's no point in talking about it right now, but sure. uh, we, we, can, we can take that another podcast or we can take it off air, mm-hmm. it's whatever, but since she's very off topic we're just gonna <laughs> leave her out of this but i think for, for what it's worth i do want to jump in and mention i heavily consider lucia for this list just because of how many people i'm seeing play her um but yeah it's uh, i just wanted to throw that in there i mean while while we're on the subject for five more seconds john and i had a match because he didn't understand what i saw in lucia fireball wise and i kind of showed him and i mean he lives in california i live in sweden we can't actually play but i showed him the general gist of it and he was like okay i kind of have a different image of this character now yeah and uh guess who played lucia against me at capcom cup and immediately went to akuma once i showed i, I could destroy his lucia that was pierre balrog <laughs> he, played, <laughs> he opened up with lucia and i'm like that's what you're gonna do that's what you're gonna try and i destroyed his lucia and then he went to akuma we're not gonna talk about the results sir. those don't matter but yes. okay. it was close i'm gonna it i'm gonna close. take credit for that one then you <laughs> did, you, again you showed me so yeah uh yeah so anyway back to sagal 
uh, yeah, his Sony is amazing. He also has the uh, Tiger Uppercut, of course, you know, the classic. Um, a big thing with Sagat is what you were talking about earlier is that he doesn't really have the just do it factor. His V triggers aren't robbery at all, really. Uh, so he isn't that type of character. But that's what I mean when I say that he's he's like a bastion of stability. And it's what John was talking about as well. You can pick Sagat and you can basically force the opponent to play your game. Yeah, there are moves that go through fireballs. Yeah, there's robbery all around you. That kind of stuff still exists. But you can't just get in on Sagat. It, it doesn't work that way. He Like, he controls the match until you get in. And yeah, he can make a mistake, and you can get in on him when he makes a mistake, but he can also control the pace in a different way. He's one of those that, maybe this is what it is, he feels so slow in most of what he can do, including in movement of even his tiger knee. Or, But I'm, I'm even thinking like when he's up close, when he's pressing normals. When he's at advantage, sure, like he can, he can do whatever he wants. He's in the driver's seat. But dealing with pressure and, and when you're inevitably no longer in that, that good spot where you're zoning from the right range or like when you're tilted, when someone gets in, that really sucks for Sagat. And he does have an invincible DP, so there is that option. And and I think that's a huge saving grace for the character. But just the ability to maneuver and the ability to uh, keep up with someone if they get an advantage, it almost feels like it's that's just, just too much for me. Because I feel there are characters that will just run circles around me and I might even begin with an advantage. You know, like I, I think of Akuma and it's like, that's not a bad matchup. Uh, um, uh, you know, Tokido and uh, or Bonchan picked Sagat against Tokido a lot, but that said, it's just like I feel so helpless once I'm no longer in the driver's seat, and that's going to happen a lot. And it, it maybe it comes down to it's, it's more scary to, and I feel less confident in my abilities to get back into that place if I'm shaken out of it. Um, and, and compared to how worth it it is to be in there in the first place. Something right, like but this is something we come back to every time. I feel like because that's what Street Fighter Five is. Like, I mean, most of us here, main characters that don't have that DP. And that's even worse. Yeah. And he has V-Reversal just like everybody else, you know. No, so. I, I would choose Sagat's EXDP over not having an EXDP any day. Any day of the week, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, this whole thing where you feel like, I was at an advantage, now I'm at a horrible disadvantage, and I'm totally out of the game. I feel completely frazzled because they got me knocked down and they got all these setups and everything. That's the case for everyone. It's not a Sagat thing. Yeah, but this is also one a similar situation where you're you know, you don't have a three frame either to interrupt and, and we talk about how, how strong rushdown is, how hard it is for defense, uh, or to play defense on this game. It's not like he doesn't have an option. And and I've I've gotten out of sticky situations as Sagat. Like I know it's very, very possible. It just seems as though uh, it's it's hard to get that space back. It's hard to, even when they're not up in your face, like continue to press them away because yes, you can do it, but his moves are so damn slow that there's a really good chance you're gonna interrupt, gonna get interrupted. It makes you wanna pause there and hey, maybe they just take the, sta- the space right back. It just really sucks when he's not in control and he starts in control in most matches and that's really nice, but it really sucks when he's not. The whole time I played Street Fighter V, I mean, Alex, I was never in control. Dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> like like it like to me it feels like i'm sitting down here in some shack and you're at like a mid-end hotel and you're like damn man, this kind of sucks here i wish i was in the grand hotel <laughs> what well that's funny because it brings me to my first character uh alex oh. who oh, uh, no. okay. talk about all the time okay and uh but you know this character i'm totally kidding oh, thank god thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that 
gonna get was, real ugly real quick. Yeah, I'm in California. Nick is in Sweden. I could hear him screaming all the way from over here. Just, but thank goodness. Well, that's because you got a microphone. <laughs> no, uh, uh, well, it was so, my soul screaming. But uh, I do have a kind of green, yellow themed grappler, and that is Laura. Mm-hmm. Laura's been interesting because she has held on to the uh, powerful robbery aspect, not like she was in season two, but that certainly has been the, the make or break for her um, in, like, in like no uncertain terms. And you see that. Now there's more to the character than that. And that's, I think, a big problem because, or not a big problem, the, the people don't perceive that. And that's a big problem because they just tend to go, oh, she's just that, she's just V-Trigger one, you know? And she's just, if she can make it work, it works. And if it doesn't, then she loses. And I don't think that's very accurate. That's her most powerful situation, and that is her wow, her, her breadwinner, her round ender for sure. But as we've seen with the case of Idom, you can play the character very intelligently before all that, have some legitimate dancing before and after, and then oh my gosh, he does that like on crack. His his setups, you feel like there's nothing you could do. And at the very best, you hope that it's a 50-50, but it's probably like two of your options to escape uh, are, are going to get hit and one of them will get you out, stuff like that. So she really puts you in the blender. It's so strong. This was before she got buffed for season five. She got better than she was. And people, people I think, still rank her lower than she should be. She's, there's, with... In the right hands. When that's a legitimate thing because you get characters like, you know, Akuma, who we don't see a ton of really high-level action except for in the right hands, that being mainly Tokido. And so I'd say in a similar fashion for Idom. Uh, like, John, I, I have to interrupt see... you. Since you're, you're saying she's so underrated, I, I have to name one other player besides Idom, Nick, you're not allowed to say it, who's playing Laura in tournament and doing well with her. No one. I, I mean, I'm sure there are a few, a few. But yeah, and, I'm feeling that we're... Yeah, I, that, that's Go one ahead. thing I get hung up on here with this is... And I'll jump in, and I'll just say I think Laura was underrated, but now I think she's overrated since I don't won Capcom Cup with her in Poison. People are placing her way too high. The buffs that she got, I'm a former Laura player. I know this. The buffs she got were not that substantial. They help, but they're not substantial. People keep pointing to this. It's like the same people who keep pointing to like Bison and Karen being so much worse, or Akuma being so much worse because of the nerfs they got don't freaking play this on paper try this stuff out and see for yourself i i seriously think laura is overrated at this point in time uh, my apologies i just i had to jump in there it's it's people are basing this so much just on idom and it's like that's not fair you can't just base it on one player who's amazing who's just flat out amazing with the character you have to have some other samples to go off of i actually want to bring something up real fast just in relation to what you were saying because you're talking about the changes and how they were buffs uh, she actually received a fairly large nerf as well that nobody but Laura players really understands, I'm pretty sure, which is that her standing light kick no longer attracts her hurt box on the first frame, which is what it did before. So she would wake up with standing light kick and her hurt box wouldn't be where it was supposed to be. And she would counter hit you. And she can no longer do that. Yeah, that's super lame and I'm glad they changed I that. I agree, 100%. <laughs> but that's a big thing that actually hurts her because Laura players were using that like to hell and back. Yep. Because it's crazy, and you, why wouldn't you use it? But now you can't. I just see people still placing her or thinking about her as in like a top twenty, top fifteen, maybe character. And I think she's she's got to be top ten. And it's not that she's easy. You, there's a lot of work that goes into it because you can 
you there are a lot of not very good Laura players out there that do a lot of the similar same stuff but then you play or watch idom and you see what she can do and it's like just a matter of well if the Laura players learn those things and figure those things out and and use those tools Laura using those tools is insane it just comes down to um, how well you can play her in the neutral before you get to all of your your crazy good stuff and and how much you can manipulate with her other tools and idom does an amazing job of that too but she just I, I with that robbery potential that she still technically has in there and what I've seen the tools used at a high level, it's like there's no way this character isn't one of the I think she's top ten. And and given that she got stun and life buffs plus a handful of, of um things to help her out in neutral and maybe new options, you know, with her new V skill stuff, I don't even know if that's really good or not, but even even if it's not, she was amazingly good. She wasn't explored enough. She won Capcom Cup, but she simultaneously uh, got buffed like later that night, and there's just no way she's not amazing. The thing for me is that, similar to when we were talking about Gale, I don't actually know where people are rating Laura, so it's difficult for me to say if she's underrated or not. But I do think there's merit to what you're saying, and it's a pretty crazy world we're living in where the Capcom Cup champion character is considered underrated, at least like it's contested. For sure. I mean, John doesn't agree. Mm -hmm. But we have at least, like, you you think so. I'm probably more towards your side, even though I'm not entirely sure where people typically rate her. Um, And I mean, again, that's a Capcom Cup champion character. Sure, he used Poison as well, but he used mostly Laura. And Mm -hmm. that's a little bit crazy to have, like, that type of uh, thinking and, like, discussion about a character that just did that. Mm-hmm. Or goes yeah, on like hundred game win streaks online, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I was pretty much in the same camp as Catalyst here, where um, I think the character is really good, but I feel like after she won Capcom Cup, uh, I think that a lot of people were like, "Oh, she's top tier, she's the best," blah blah. And it's like that's where I was kind of like in in regards to this list, I was like, "Nah, I, I don't think she's underrated. I, I think that she's like probably overrated actually i think people are blowing it up a little bit too much and, and that's historically what happens right a character wins you know a, a major tournament like that like an evo or a capcom cup and now they're the best character in the game or they're top five top 10 whatever right and it's like i don't think that's the case and, and i feel i felt like people were kind of blowing that up a little bit too much and and again that's what i expected so in terms of her being underrated i, I don't necessarily agree but I don't fully disagree, I guess. I, I am open to it. Where do you think case, people but... kind of place her? That's 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 a really important thing I think we should uh, kind of put forward. I, I, can, do... I can clarify that. Japan generally has her in the top 10, uh, but Japan is also making the worst tier list on the freaking planet right now. Hmm. Uh, their tier lists are a joke. Now, if they have you know some characters out there, I'm sure I'm going to agree with some I'm going to disagree with, but overall, some of their placements, like Dalsum as the worst character in the game, is just the most mind-blowingly dumb stuff I've seen. Um, and then everyone else uh, outside of Japan, their tier lists generally have Laura around the top 20-ish. Some of them have the top 10, as John said. Um, it, it does vary a little bit more, but they're definitely more measured in how much they think Laura is strong yeah and and to clarify i think i already sort of said this but just to make sure i i think people think she's around top 20 maybe top 15 and i think she's closer to top 10 all right sounds like we've said all we have to say about that so we'll uh (laughs) reach back around here and get to nick who is your third and final character well with each of my characters they've been characters that i considered weaker than people are giving sorry stronger than people are giving them credit for Mm -hmm. since they were released and this is the character that was released before honda before sagat has gotten more buffs since then and it's blanca 
I think Blanca was pretty good when he came out and he's even better now. But a lot of people just disregard him because I don't know exactly why. I mean, one factor is that uh, that Blanca is a polarizing character. A big part of his matchups in any game is how well can you punish his Blanca ball. Mm-hmm. And that's a factor here as well. Because I, for example, think that Alex actually does well against Blanca. That doesn't mean that Alex is a better character than Blanca, uh, which I absolutely do not think. But uh, Alex has a very guaranteed punish against the Blanca balls, but a lot of characters don't. When I was playing Ibuki, I actually thought it was kind of annoying to play against him because he could Blanca ball me fairly free. Uh, like, not entirely free, of course, but, you know. Uh, and he has all these, like, tricky mix-ups. He has a reversal, which is a big thing in this game. Uh, his V-Trigger 2 is absolutely insane. And that's well documented. Like people really hate that V trigger too. Um, and overall, like I think the Blanca specialists, when they show up, they actually do a lot of damage. Sure. Yeah, uh, I did spend quite a bit of time playing that character when he was first released. Um, I think that one of the big things he struggles with is just getting stuff off in the neutral. Uh, I feel like he can get out poked by a lot of things. It, it can be hard to kind of get his game plan going. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Nick, uh, a lot of his stuff is very tricky so he kind of relies on that and if you have somebody who understands the matchup it's like you're really banking on trying to get that tricky stuff off just to get your game started right and it's like you can do it to an extent but if somebody knows how to fight that character it's like i think it kind of starts becoming a, a matter of basically banking on v trigger 2 because it's so wild right and, and i don't think a lot of players want to really do that uh, on the big stage kind of thing uh it's it's a really good v trigger for sure but it's it's like it's one of those things like, well, that's that's kind of what I'm really settled on here. Like, this is what I'm expecting to win me the game here. And it's like, I don't think a lot of people like that in terms of pro play. It's like, you mm-hmm. want something a bit more stable. You want somebody that can be effective in the neutral and other areas as well. And it's like, a lot of times when you fight Blanca, it's he's doing short, you know, rainbow ball and then heavy to kind of mix you up and, and get it going. But if he, get, if he gets anti-aired, it's like, all right, well, now what? Now what do I do? I'm getting, I'm getting beat in the neutral with my pokes and stuff like... I feel like that character has tricky stuff, but it's hard to get it going consistently. And I think that's where people start saying, like, ah, he's not that good. Uh, But I can definitely see where he'd be underrated because I think people write him off completely because of that. And it's like, that's not the case. He definitely has some strong stuff. Uh, Some of his traps with, like, uh, electricity where he's, like, EX and stuff, he could be plus on block and then, you know, uh, mix you up with some some lights and, and get frame traps and stuff like that. And he has a command throw as well and an EX one that goes really far. Um, there is some good stuff to him for sure, but I think that's probably why people just kind of say, nah, he's not good, you know, bottom of the tier list or whatever. Really quick, Nick, can you tell us where you perceive people to put him and where you put him on the tier list? I feel like people often put Blank around the bottom 10. Um, Mm -hmm. Not bottom 5 necessarily, but bottom 10. I think a lot of people would say he's low tier, if not, like, maybe not bottom, but definitely low. But I have him around where I would put Honda, which is uh, right around the middle. Uh, How many characters do we have now? 40? Mm-hmm. I think it's 40, yeah. right? Yeah. I would have Blanca and Honda somewhere between like 17 to 23, both of them. Um, and I would have Sagat probably a little bit higher than that. Uh, and I think all of these characters are often placed in bottom 10, which I don't really agree with. Uh, so that's around where I would have Blanca. And I mean, uh, relating to what uh, uh, Steven was talking about with, uh, yeah, his V-Trigger is very wild, it's very crazy, but you don't want to rely on that to win you the match. Absolutely. I mean, there are definitely characters that have crazy V-triggers that are better than Blanca is, even if his V-trigger is insane. But, I mean, yeah. 
Because um, V Trigger Two is like the scary now. thing about him, but that's like one of the only things. But John, yeah, yeah, I have to bring this up now. Um, I, I get that Blanca is like a shenanigan and tricky character, but isn't tricky and shenanigan better in Street Fighter V than it has been in any other Street Fighter if game? If it leads yeah, into so, yeah. super advantageous or super big damage situations. I also think yeah. the difference there is that tricky uh, is good when you're knocked down and when you have to guess, but tricky to get your stuff started is probably not the best way to go. Uh, and I think that's the big difference there. Like if, if good he point. was good in neutral and he can knock you down and then do all the crazy tricky stuff and get it going consistently, that's a whole different beast. But to even get started, you have to be really tricky and throwing out a lot of feints and stuff like that, that, you know, maybe a lot of people aren't going to fall for. It's, it's a bit different there. Again, Tricky's great. You want mix-up situations. You want to make people guess on wake-up. But to get your stuff started, to get the offense started, probably not as legit of a strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where we trigger to saves him because it basically gives him, I think it's three tries to basically knock down the opponent from mm-hmm. pure 50-50s. And sure, you don't want to have a character that's that reliant on a V-Trigger because honestly, his V-Trigger 1 is obsolete. I don't see a use for it because V-Trigger 2 is so good. Uh, but even then, like, even if you disagree with the way he's designed and you think, like, I shouldn't have to rely on my V-Trigger, that's going to get you wins. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely think he's ha- higher than, bo- uh, like, low tier. Um, and I think the V-Trigger 2 is a very big reason why, even though I think he has some other merits as well. Um, he, he has, like, the Alex factor, which is that he has so many different types to uh, types of ways to approach you. Even though not all of them are necessarily good, it's impossible for the opponent to be looking at all of them at the same time. Um, and that's also a factor that can be really tough to deal with. Yeah, I'd yeah put him around Kim, 25. One, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. Um, Kim1234, who's one of the best Blanca players, uh, he actually, I was speaking to him at Capcom Cup, he, he thinks people are highly sleeping on the character. I didn't want to bring up that opinion because that's coming directly from a Blanca player. Uh, he works at Capcom. Uh, I can see Blanca being underrated. I didn't have him on my list, but I do think he's probably better than people realize. That's the definition of what we're talking about here. Um, it's it's a thing. I, I, I don't like him a lot as a character because he's so shenanigan-based and all that, but... If you're really good at shenanigans, if you're really good at feints and other stuff like that, you could probably make the character work really well. And I think that's what we see from a few, a handful of Blanca players. And it's like, wow, you guys are actually getting results in tournament and you're getting consistent re- results with a shenanigan character. That's impressive. Like, so I can see it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that the common thread between all the characters that we've been talking about here today is that uh, all of them pretty much need work to kind of make them work. You need to put in the work to do it, right? Like you need to kind of dig a bit deeper than what's on the surface to kind of get, you know, a lot of out of them. And I think that's kind of where people are like, I don't really want to do that. I'm going to go with somebody that's a little bit more, you know, surface level for me. Like I, I can see how effective they are at the start, kind of thing. I love that you brought that up, Stephen, because I haven't gotten to my number one character yet, and we could just throw all that statement out the oh, window Lord. at that point. I agree with you. Hey, let's go to your number one character. Who's my number one? Yeah, it is our Mika. Oh no way! We have Didn't two Warlord Mika players, Yoyote and El Chakate, uh, in playing Mika, maining her. Getting Warlord rank in this game is damn hard, and we've got two. Mika players up there. Fudo still plays her. Luffy, Mojo, Joey, Knuckle Dew. Um, Fudo got second place in Topanga Championship because of course he did, right? Uh, people consistently put this character in the 20s range in their tiers and people agree with her placement there. Like what? What is going on? <laughs> she is criminally underrated in Street 
Fighter V. It happens consistently. I've ranted about this. It's since season one. This character has been there since the launch from the get-go. She's been robbing people for four years. And I think it's time we finally, as an entire community, collectively acknowledge that our Mika is very good. She can win tournaments. This character is strong, and it is okay to admit that. It's... <laughs> How how it's funny to me year after year Mika doesn't receive a lot of changes from season one to season two. Sure, since that she has not gotten a lot, and so even if you're unsure how good she is in Street Fighter Five, she didn't change very much, and her past performance should be a great indicator of where she currently stands because the Capcom is just yeah. Anyway, Mika is good, and it is okay for us to admit it. Me and Luffy's training partners are shouting this from our Mika Island, and people are starting to hear us. John is halfway to Mika Island. He's not all in, but he's getting there. Mika is very good. I'll say it is she's, okay to say. she's yeah. top 15. I, I want to bring up two things here first. Uh, first of all, shout-outs to El Chicote because I follow his stream, but for a very different reason than in playing Mika, because this is what I wanted to bring up. He doesn't just play Mika. I'm sure Mika is the main reason he's on Warlord, but we would be remiss to not mention that he plays a ton of Lucia and G as well. Right. That right. That's important to highlight. I also want to ask you, we did a tier list here on this very podcast, uh, I believe right before we got Poison, Honda, and Lucia, unless I'm misremembering. I think when uh, Evil Ryu, also known as Kage, was the newest character. Um, and we placed Mika 15th. Do you think that we put her too low? Yes, uh, but you and I personally had her like 11th and 12th. And then uh, sure. John and Steven, who don't know what they're talking about, very clearly <laughs> had her like in the 20 range. And so she fell at 15. So where would you put, place her? Just uh, off, so on a whim. Right now, uh, really close to around the top 10 range. Um, like, But the latter part of top 10. Like uh, somewhere around, you know, uh, pretty much where I had her before, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. She's pretty damn good. Okay, so you don't think she's that underrated? Because the general consensus seems to be around 15 from what I've seen. The thing about it, um, I've seen her more in the 20s, actually. Okay. Uh, and, and the thing is, when you're getting into the range of 20s, you're not talking about characters who can win tournaments consistently. This character wins tournaments consistently. Like, she sure. is a threat to win any tournament she's in. And and when you're talking about characters in the 20s, that's not that's not accurate. So, uh, That's fair enough. I, I don't disagree with you, by the way. Yeah, as somebody who just got robbed by a laggy Mika in ranked matches, uh, I completely agree with what John is saying here. I Mika's stupid. I don't want to talk about it. She she leaves you feeling salty because she's one one of those command grab characters that also has some BS, and there are a lot of times where she'll be doing something that is ultimately unsafe, but it worked out, and you'll document that and you feel it, and she's she's crazy and chaotic and um and and i think that that's a big part of what factors into people's analysis of her now she was ridiculous in season one and that caused all eyes to jump onto her and analyze all of these little things and people uh, first of all she got heavily nerfed significantly and she, she changed as a character as far as her ability and her strength goes but people had already begun looking at all of those little gimmicks like you know how to deal with dropkick and there are some characters out there like honda who have a lot of those sort of situations still but people don't know how to deal with them and, and don't know what the answers are but a lot of people have the answers to mika now a lot of what she does does end up being just something of a 50 50 so even if you have the answer it's something that you're not always going to be right on and she still she is a strong character absolutely um but i think she gets more of a, uh, I think she gets more of a of a negative reaction sort of rap 
than uh, than how good she really is. And now that people know how to deal with her, it's like you can you can pretty easily run over Mika in the way that she can run over you. So it's it, it also feels like sort of like a not it's not a coin toss, but there's a lot of success against the character. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I think 15, like she has really good stuff for sure. And she can get the job done, but I think there are 14 characters at least that are better than her. All right. Killed yeah, that. Like we, <laughs> yeah. So with that, uh, all my picks are out. I had Blanca Sagat and Honda and Correct. then all Catalyst's picks mm-hmm. are out. Cause he had, was it, it was Gil, Sagat and Mika, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mika number one, Gil number two, Sagat three. Yeah, I didn't have a ranking. I just put the characters mm-hmm. there. Yeah, all of my uh, picks are out too. I had uh, Gil, Honda, and Sagat. Oh, I didn't realize you had Sagat on there. Yeah, we it was a heated discussion, and I, I mentioned it, but it kind of got oh. lost, I think. But yeah, I had Sagat as well. All right, well, then I guess I have two picks to myself here. It feels <laughs> so special. It's been hard to really hammer down who I think is like the most underrated. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to figure out which characters are in the first place, but then who's the most? Um, but the the character that I put next is Dalsum, and we mentioned him a little bit earlier. And Japan thinks he's dead last. Well, I'm not necessarily going to use Japan as a direct reference because sometimes I heavily agree with them, but sometimes they are insane. Um, this is a situation where I do not agree with them. I think Dalsum certainly has his weaknesses and he certainly has his weaknesses as perceived um, in in his previous iterations because he's been around for forever but the way he works in street fighter 5 he is a character that one you have to learn how to play street fighter 5 and then you have to learn how to play dalsam and that works both for him and against him the reason it works for him is fairly obvious because you're gonna he's a scrub killer if you don't know how to play dalsam or against him you're just gonna get murdered by someone who's really good with him the other side of that, though, is that a lot of people don't want to spend the time investigating the character because you're going to lose a lot with Dalsum when you're first beginning. It's just it, this is a rushdown game. He's a character that has a hard time dealing with rushdown uh, until you learn how to be extremely slippery with him. And once you do, great. And he becomes this uh, just frustrating, otherworldly monster of a character. But until then, uh, not as many people are going to play him. A lot of people are going to play him and then decide, oh, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. This is way too much. And I think he's going to get more of a bad rap than he deserves. But so so that's why I don't think there's a lot of representation. And that's why I think there's a lot of negative thought toward him. But he has so many tools in this game. And he's he's a character that's made top eight at Evo. You know, and that, that's, that's not every character for sure. Uh, the fact that he did that, he pulled that off is a big deal for him. I play against one of the, one of the best Dalsums, um, I think, around. And that's uh, Akita. And you have like Commander Jesse and SoCal getting people, Commander Jesse and Danka Diaz, uh, getting people to in SoCal to consider Dalsum as maybe like a top 10 character, which I'm not so sure he's that, but I've heard that rumbling around. And that's SoCal. It's like there's more to it than people are giving credit for. So I would perceive people would put him uh, bottom, bottom half of the tier list. I don't care. I think he's above the bottom half of the tier list. And he's he's weird. He's almost like sort of if everyone's in like a line he's sort of off to the right or the left a little bit because he's he's well maybe not really a street fighter 5 character <laughs> to bring that argument back um but yeah i'd say he's he's in the top 20 and people often don't put him there what do you guys think yeah i, I would say that the arguments i brought up for blanca and honda before were that they were very polarizing characters because they have matchups that destroy them and they have matchups where they destroy right uh dalsim is like that on crack 
because you have these matchups where Dalsim is just completely useless, and then you have these matchups where the opponent can't do anything against them. And that's always been Dalsim in every game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Street Fighter Five is an exception. Uh, that said, I do think that Dalsim works better against the characters that beat him in Five than he has in previous titles, mm-hmm. which then makes him a better character because he now has he has some options to try and like get stuff started. Yeah, he's still very bad once you get him knocked down, but if he manages to get out, he's a lot better at keeping you out than he used to be. At least I think so. It feels oh, yeah. like it. And uh, I would like I totally agree with you that he's an underrated character. I mean, the problem with like rating Dalsim is you could grab 10 tier lists and you would have him in completely different placements cuz nobody agrees about Dalsim and they probably never will. Uh, but like, if you put an average on that, I would still probably have him a little bit higher than the average would be, because I honestly think he's a top fifteen character. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate that. Like, there's, there does need to be some proof of it, <laughs> because it's polarizing, like you said. But if he ended up being there, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's that's wrong, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, um, I see tier lists that have him in like the bottom ten and other stuff, and I immediately write those off. I'm like, you really do not understand this character. I think that for me, he's worst case scenario mid tier. I don't know if I can even put him out of the mid tier because it's like the players who use him use him so well, and they just kind of fundamentally understand him, and it's like it's hard for me to put him up there in the top 15 or anything. Cause I don't know if he's fundamentally that good, but he's capable of being that good in the right hands, but you just have to have that perfect mindset and, you know, do a lot of, you know, meditation and yoga between matches or whatever to keep in that frame of mind to do that. Like it, it's hard for me to put him up past mid tier because of, of his limits. But again, it's, it's also potential, but yeah, I, I get what you guys are saying. Yeah, originally I actually had him on my list, but I switched him out for Sagat because I felt Sagat was a little bit more concrete. And, and you know, as you were mentioning, you know, Dalsim is actually quite a bit slippier or more slippery. Um, but, like, I think that in the right hands as well, like, um, there's just, it's, man, seeing him being placed in the bottom uh, bottom sections of tier lists, it's like, I, I just can't see that. Especially when you look at somebody like Commander Jesse and stuff, playing him online and stuff, like... That character just, there's a lot to him, but it's so hard to get there. As you were saying, John, it's like you're going to lose a lot before you get there. And, and I'm just hard pressed to imagine he's bottom tier. Like, it's just, it's, man, it's, it's hard to get there, but he, he can do stuff. It's just, yeah. You know, we played through the Street Fighter Online League, uh, amateur league recently, and Akita was our, or certainly our tank. And you can watch people that play, I, I assume, fairly frequently online. Um, because first of all, everyone that was in the league, the amateur league, you had to have less than, I don't know, a certain number of Capcom cup points. But the point was, these aren't like the best. It's like definitely sampling from the the group of people, um, you know, just outside of the uh, tournament level players and those that would place in a Capcom Pro Tour event, right? Or don't travel. Anyways, these guys have experience online. That's, that's for sure. A lot of grandmasters and above participating and when akita came out and played you could just tell because all of us from arizona we've played him a million times and been frustrated there but we're like this is so great let's be on the other side of this and get the popcorn because you can tell how inexperienced people still are against dalsim i'm sure that's not the case if you go to socal because you got someone like commander jesse teaching everybody uh how painful he really is but a lot of the a lot of cases it's like really good dalsims are few and far between but they're there and every so often boom, top eight, you know, at Evo, stuff like that. And uh, the character, his potential is absolutely there. I've seen it firsthand, and I don't even think Akita is probably the best awesome. I, I would I would imagine uh, Commander Jesse, Filipino champ, I, I don't know if he's still playing at all anymore where he's, his skill is at, but uh, I think it gets even worse than I've experienced is my point. 
and uh, and if that's the case, this character is better than people are saying he is. So uh, I think I can move on to my final character and the final one on our list, actually. Okay. Before I say his name, I will say that I think people put him in the top ten. They might put him in the top five, but I think you're wrong if you don't put this character in the top three. And that's where my argument is. It's not that anyone's not saying he's good, but I think if you're saying he's less than top three, you're wrong and you're underrating him. And he Can is... I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. I think you're going to say Urian. Nope, Urian, actually. Should I, should I bring <laughs> up my copy of the Constitution? Is that where we're going? No, dude, he's Urian. No, G's, G's up there, too. He's, he's, okay. he's definitely a top three. I say G, Akuma, and Urian are all the top three of this game right now, as far as I can tell. Okay. Uh, and, I was right. and my and all of my evidence, if you, uh, <laughs> I, I I perceive that people put him lower than that. Uh, Daigo doesn't though. Daigo puts him as number one in the game and like unequivocally, he's like and and uh, I can hear John's moans beginning. So I actually want to turn this over and get his salty emotional reactions. All right, Daigo is foolish. You out. That is exactly what's going on. Him and Tokido are full of. You out. Um. They are sandbagging, so their their main characters don't get nerfed. And they Daigo already said he di- does this. And here here's the thing about Urian. Uh, one, Nemo switched off of him. Two, um, uh, Dogura, uh, who was playing Urian before, um, has kept on uh, Bison. And there is not a flood of Urian switching over to him on CFN. I looked. Same people as before. If Urian was really that good, and I might be able to go with top three, you know, kind of thing, but just they're putting him as top one, and, and like they're just saying that is it. People would be dropping their, their mains in waves to pick him up. That's not happening. That's happening with G. It's happening with Akuma. It is not happening with Urian. Again, I'm not going to go hardcore against Urian being top three. That might be the case. I could see it, but the evidence is not there. Uh, again, I'm saying this very, very adamantly. Daigo and Tokido are full of fuck you up. They are completely full of it. I, I, I actually need to uh, step in here because you're saying that Daigo and Tokido are trying not to get their mains nerfed, but Tokido plays Urian. He plays Akuma. He he has the <laughs> worst. Urian, he played Urian all of Evil. He Japan. has the worst Urian I've ever seen in my life from a pro player. <laughs> <laughs> he still played Urian he, all and the way. What did in he Evil finish Japan. at? Like dead last? Like seventeenth uh, out of like yeah, how many were? Like his 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 Urian sucks. He is foolish. Uh, Daigo is foolish. And you know what? Have both people pick up Urian and prove me wrong. Let's see that. Let's see them drop. Let's see them Tokido not go 5,000 and 0 with Akuma in Topanga Championship. Let's see Daigo drop Guile, who's incredible and has flat out admitted he sandbags with all this stuff. Like, Let's have those guys pick it up and show us that Urian and they say Seth are just incredible. Let's see it. Let's freaking see it. And then I will come on the podcast and I will say I was dead wrong. But until then, both guys are full of it. I, I would agree that I would consider Tokido to be more of a uh, Akuma main still. But he does play a lot of Urian and he did use Urian all of Evo Japan. He got 17th out of 1,500 players. You can't just throw okay, that but out. These guys are so confident with Urian that, that Tokido is playing on a completely different CFN account with his Urian stuff. That's how confident he is of, of like what he's doing. He's actually playing on a completely different account because he doesn't want to lose his. Are points. you sure that's his motivation, or he just? <laughs> I don't know what his motivation is, but I mean that it's like he's playing on a different account. Why would you do that if you don't think you're going to lose all your points? Why are you playing on a completely separate account? I love that all I had to say was Urian, and I haven't had to talk for like three minutes. 
I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> that was great. That's true. Uh, so I, I think a little, well, first off, Stephen, did you have any initial reactions? Uh, I, I think urine's really good. Uh, I would say, again, top three is, is probably pretty accurate, but um, not mm-hmm. too much to say there. I mean, I'm actually, I don't even know. I, I He's definitely top 10, but I don't even know if top three. I mean, I think he's good, but I'm, I'm still just not seeing it that much of like why people are saying he's super, super good. Uh, I think V-Skill 2 was, was an interesting change for him, and it seems to be the uh, what people are using now, like the, the fireball mm-hmm. buff and all that. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think he's like, I, he's definitely not top one in my opinion, but... Um, maybe there's an argument for top three, but I, I'd probably have him like maybe five and below, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah, I, I'd also have him in top five personally, but at the same time, like, uh, I don't know. We just had a patch change some stuff, you know, some characters got a little bit worse. That could push Urien up a little bit, you know, you never know. But, uh, like, from what I'm seeing, I'm not really seeing people underrate Urien, but I just for the hell of it, I went into our community voted tier list here on Event Ups, and he's in 13th. So, in that sense, he's definitely underrated, because he's not 13th. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would probably have him at, like, 5th, maybe. Uh, it's hard to say, because we have so much less tournament action because of the whole COVID situation. Uh, so it's hard to say like who's where and whatnot. But I mean, I'm a hard, pro- like number one, I'm a hard proponent for still having Rashid there 100%. So I could never agree with, uh, with uh, your number one position. Sure. Now I saw the patch notes in the, the morning after Capcom cup, we were having breakfast and looking over. And I remember seeing that Urian had been slightly changed and then also got more stun and got more health because he needed that has his fancy new V skill. And given where he was beforehand, I go, uh, this is a candidate for best character in the game. Then I saw that G wasn't really nerfed and got more stun. I said, okay, well maybe number one then, but Urian on paper to me and in experience from playing even a a very broad range of Urians, because this is a pretty popular character online, um, of a varying skill and ability, um, taking all of that into account, I can't not put the character up where I'm putting him. That said, he doesn't have the tournament results. That's a valid argument. And someone like... Nemo, I think, should have gotten even better results for, from playing Urian and didn't get those. And I and I think the same with G. I, I think with what I understand about Nemo's playstyle and these characters, it should have been even more scary than it was. And for whatever reason, it didn't come to fruition like that. It was wrong. Um, he, he doesn't have the tournament results, and I'm not exactly sure why. But when I look at him, I look at the paper, I look at how it feels when we play him, especially in the atmosphere of Street Fighter V, what's good in this game. He is good on so many different levels because he can play footsies with amazing buttons and reasonable walk speed. He can play the zoning game reasonably well. He can play the just do it game like it's his job. He has one of the strongest V triggers in the game. He's got above average health. He's got above average stun. Those damn knees, I see them in my sleep at night. Um, he just has so many, you could say, A minuses across the board that it adds up to being so powerful. And and you can feel it when you play him. You can feel it when you uh, look at the paper. You just don't see it in the tournament results. I'll give you that. But especially with people like Daigo saying he's number one, man, like he's he's up. There. I think the main reason why you don't see it in the tournament results, and, and we I've played Urian quite a bit. He has to take a lot of risk 
to do his stuff. He is a he is a wild character, and this game has really gone away from that wild play now, especially here in season five. And it's still there, and it's still good. Uh, I still think Urien is a top ten character. I just I can't. It's mind blowing to me. People have him. Well, what are one. his risks? Uh, he usually has to dash in to get in pos- into position to really get his stuff. Oh yeah, his dash is stupid. It's it's very good. <laughs> uh, Most dashes in yeah, five. You no, know, it's very good. But he also he's risking something to do it. It's easy enough to catch Urien's dash because you know it's coming at some point. Um, and then all of his good stuff is... Wait, wait, Nikali. Every Nikali argument ever from okay. you before this has to do with his dash being too good. And Urien's, I would say, is just as good, if not better. Uh, Urien's dash is better when he... But the moment Nikali pops V-Trigger, we have a whole different story. And that's my issue. It's not Nikali without V-Trigger. It's Nikali in V-Trigger. And his dash is stupid good at that okay. point. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, um, I mean, Steven could speak to this really well. He played Urien for about a year. And he realized that as people started downloading him... Um, it just became that much more harder to play neutral and do other things. You really have to play kind of wild and uncontrolled with that character to get stuff going. And that's going to speak highly to inconsistent results with him and people not performing that well in tournament with him. Yeah. And and one of the things to point out too, is the nerf to his standing heavy punch, right? Because, you know, previously he was able to just hit the uncharged uh, standing heavy punch in neutral and just tag everything and crush counter and then dash in and get crouching heavy punch for a full combo that's been scaled back over seasons, especially now where the uh, the hurt box is extended on it. So now it's he has to do the full charge one to actually get a really good one out there, and then he can dash it and do a crouching medium punch combo. Now it's not even the oh no full charge is uh, crouching heavy punch, but mm-hmm. I believe the regular one is only crouching medium punch now. So you're getting like crouching medium punch, crouching jab into a headbutt, which is it's, it's solid damage. It's definitely good, but there's more risk now of throwing that out and now he has to stand there and charge that and even with the charged one i believe the hurt box is still extended on it too so it's like it's not just that brainless you know him spamming that you know what was the flow uh, clip right where he was just hitting standing heavy punch over and over again and crush countering right it's yeah like, that was that was a couple of years ago that that change rolled in i think before this most recent patch the the change that happened is that they made his uh, the hurt john, box john you said that change rolled in did it did it roll in until season five i'm not sure that actually happened right. until now <laughs> it doesn't yeah. feel like it does yeah. it okay but yeah i'm sorry yeah, but I mean, so, and, and he's similar to Bison in this particular buff because he's got a move that's really good that people were just spamming and it's like now you can't whiff punish it as much, or you can't whiff it as much, but that's also sort of like a, yeah, do your job sort of a thing because you're not supposed to be whiffing these moves in the first place. It's the fact that he could before and get as much as he could out of it or he, like he hits you with another one as you try to punish the first one was, was absolutely goofy and needed to be changed but that doesn't change how strong this move still is and the fact that he's charging it and it has different timings on it that factors into this too because any move that slightly moves a character back we all know that can be a huge thing that it's the thing that gets your character to whiff and then he comes forward with a heavy punch it's like that the move is still really good and i have to say they buffed coral quick in the exact opposite way that they nerfed this move so he's like he's got that now too I have to disagree and say that that absolutely does uh, affect how strong the move is for sure. I mean, I mean, back in the day, he was able to just spam that pretty brainlessly. I mean, he can't I mean, he could still throw it out, but it's it's more of a risk. And that's kind of what I was getting at here when John was talking about, you know, risk playing that character. It's like you're risking more now and now you have to rely more on the charge one, which he's standing there charging it. Right. You know, and, and he can get whiff punished on it more. It's it's definitely more of a risk to do it. I'm not saying it's not still good. 
but it's, I thought they it's were always just that. using the charged one. Like that was just always the go-to because that's the only thing. Early on, you could do the regular one and it was stupid. Yeah, Right. On, and then they nerfed it. Them. But it's like been a year or two that he's only, well, the, the, it, that change has been as such and that the follow-up on the crush counter is only a medium punch if he gets the uncharged version. But he, I almost always, if I'm getting crush countered, it's usually into a forward dash and then crouching fierce punch, meaning it was charged. Right, but the change for the hurt box stuff was this season was right. not like where the, yeah, and that's what I'm getting at here. Where it's that now that's that's a significant change for that for that. It move. is, mm-hmm. but that's so. not gonna make or break him. It's just that he can't whiff as much in the neutral against players that are gonna punish it, and that's significant. Right, for and sure. that's what I'm getting at. That it's it's riskier there. It's there's more risk now. It's not just brainless. And again, it needed to happen. But I'm just talking about specifically the changes and and the risk to playing that character. You kind of have to go wild, as John was saying, and 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 to really get stuff off with him now. So. But the thing about Urien is that everything that he does works. They, they complement each other. So, yes, he can get hit there. And, yes, you should, if you're facing him, be focused on trying to hit that button if it comes out because it comes out so frequently. But the threat of his really fast and really far-reaching crouching medium kick is also grabbing your attention. And the threat of any moment I could just do EX shoulder tackle or go up for a knee... Um, and, and so you're balancing all of those things at the same time. How ready are you to whiff punish these moves? It's like, I would argue that it's harder to whiff punish characters like Urien that make you simultaneously and, and immediately have to deal with a lot more juggling pins because of all the different ways they can come at you suddenly. That all works with each other because they all feed off of each other. You can't just be ready for one. So he has this natural juggling act that he can that, that just goes along with his neutral because of how safe and quick his moves tend to be. Yeah, he's he's a really strong character, no doubt. Uh, and I will say that the flip side of that is that his EX reversal is pretty damn slow and can get it's bad. pretty hard too. Yeah, and so once you knock, once you knock him down, it's you know you can start baiting him with lights and stuff like that. So if that reversal was good, that he would be easily number one in my opinion because that would just be a whole other thing. But mm-hmm. um, there's a flip side to it, is, is all I'm saying there. But I I agree. I mean, again, he's a strong character. I'm not saying he's not. I just I don't see him as top one. Or and again, there's an argument for top three. Maybe he is, but I'd probably have him closer to five, like Nick said. I got to throw this out there now because I, I I've got to ask you guys. Let's say we're all pro Street Fighter players, and you know that this content that you put out there gets picked up and puppeted by a bunch of other people, parroted or whatever you know term you want to use. Are you not going to throw people off the scent of your top tier character that you want to see intact that you just won $20,000 with by saying so-and-so is way better? Would you not do that? I mean, I, I understand it's dishonest. I understand it's crappy to do. But, I mean, would you do that as, like on your own personal choice? Two things. First of all, I have CPT points, so I am a professional <laughs> Second of all... Have you heard me talk about Alex? What do you think I've been doing? <laughs> so that's a yes for Nick. Uh, how about you, Steven? Uh, I mean, I I can understand why people would do it. Um, I don't know if I'd ever do it directly or consciously, but I mean, I've, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think I would, but man, I, I with all that stuff on the line, I could see why people would do it. So I'd probably just hold the L though, <laughs> personally. So Velociraptor. If I were asked to analyze and give my opinion, I would give an honest opinion. I don't know how much I would go out there and just trump it like, hey, this character really needs nerfs. But if I were asked and we were in this kind of a venue or situation, then I would I would do it. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as Tokido doing that, I don't think that he is trying to downplay Akuma so that the character doesn't get nerfed. Like, I don't think 
Tokido really cares. Because Akuma is so high up there that, like, he can get a whole bunch of nerfs, <laughs> like he just did, and still emerge as probably the absolute best character in the game, as showcased by Tokido. Um, and, and, I mean, Tokido wasn't pulling any punches back when Akuma was even better, you know? So... Uh, I, I don't think that that's what these characters are doing. Yeah, uh, Nick, please. I mean, it, just just to give uh, a more serious answer, I generally agree with okay. Raptor. Hey, Nick, I just want to double check with you. Do you remember, and may, maybe my memory is hazy here, but uh, Akuma launched and Tokido was saying how the character wasn't that good and needed a bunch of buffs. Do you remember that? I'm not going to absolutely say that happened, but I have a recollection yeah. of that happening. Yeah. That said, that said, everyone said Akuma was bad when he yes. came out. And everyone says Until characters are bad Tokido when they won. first come out, uh, usually yeah. with DLC characters, unless they're overwhelming. And, and Akuma is a character that isn't easy to win with. He gets a lot of freebies and he has a lot of, he's got like straight A's across the board instead of A minuses, maybe something like that. But Akuma is just so good in so many different categories that if you are playing honestly, like not not honest, but like if you are an honestly good skilled player and you can use those, it's like, man, the sky is the limit with this character. Even if you get rid of his goofy stuff, like being able to cancel into V-Trigger off of a whiffed fireball, uh, he had that too, but he didn't need it. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, okay. Now, I, I'm, I, I can't resist. I have to do this. John, gun to your head. And it's your bet in your life here. Are Daigo and Tokido being perfectly honest about their assessment of the tears? Or do you think they're sandbagging a bit? I think that they are humans and they are going off of their human emotions and personal experiences. Uh, I don't think that they are sandbagging at all. Okay. I think that they might be slightly wrong or they might be slightly misguided and they have only their opinions and only their point of view that they can share from. They're very informed, but they're not infallible. They're not perfect. So I think if they're wrong at all or, or these like discrepancies and what comes to fruition versus what they say doesn't have to be attributed to malice. I think it's just that they're human. That was a very political answer and I respect it. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Same question to you, Dream King. What do you got? I, I don't doubt it, man. I mean, in Daigo's case, he was using a, a hurt or a hitbox that had like made him not be have to charge and stuff like that. He had a, the cheat box or whatever. <laughs> I mean, man, that dude's he's he's taking a turn, man. I don't doubt that he's uh, he's sandbagging pretty hard. Uh, Tokido, I could see it. I mean, I I can't say for sure, but I I, I mean, I, dude, he decimated Topanga with Okuma and like, yeah, I mean. You you'd want to keep that intact if you're if you're Tokido, right? So I mean, I could I could see that. Gotcha. Now, Nick, the gun is pointing at you. What do you think? Um, I mean, I can't really put it any better than Raptor did. So I'm generally in line with him. I would like to say that when you look at tier lists, personal tier lists, which just one person does, especially from Japanese players, it very often actually reads like a matchup list for their particular mm -hmm. character. They'll have characters that are difficult for them at the top tier, and they'll have characters that are fine for them at the bottom tier. And season two um, lore at the bottom tier, yeah. <laughs> sure. And uh, this isn't, in my opinion, a conscious decision from them. I think it's a pretty extreme uh, version of what Raptor was saying, that they're human and they're going to have their own biases. And I don't think they think as seriously about tier lists when they release them as many other people do. And I also think that's why they've taken an effort to do collaborative tier lists instead, to try and kind of reduce this whole, oh, well, Guile 8-2 is this character, so they're bottom tier because I play Guile 
type of thinking and instead try to have something more collaborative that gives a better overall impression of the characters. That's that's how just I think. To, just to follow up on that, for both John and Nick, how come you think Daigo said he was sandbagging so that Guile wouldn't get nerfed? When did he say that? I, I haven't been paying attention. Uh, it was an FGC translated, and he outright said he was not playing Guile. He was playing Kage and other characters so that Guile would not get nerfed. And that was uh, before Season three point, or 5.5 hit. Well, then it sounds like he's honest about it when he does it. Okay. Just curious, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Uh, I don't know, like, I haven't been uh, staying up to date. I would have yeah. to see it, like, especially when it's a Japanese statement, I would have to see it and translate oh, it myself. But yes. <laughs> I, believe, I, believe that, I believe that he did. I'm sure he did. But at the same time, that could have been said in a joking manner. It could have been said in a serious manner. I don't know. Uh, so it's hard for me to comment on it. But if, if I'm... If I'm like in a position where I have to comment on it based on what you told me, I would I would agree. Like it sounds like he's honest when he does. Yeah, and and as far as Daigo goes, uh, what we're talking about here has kind of gone into this arena. So I'll, I'll comment on it a little bit. But he, uh, well, first of all, we all see him as Die God most of the time and have traditionally because you really only see him in like when he's playing, when he's on the stage. Um, and then every once in a while, like a social media post will come up of him drinking beer or something like that or being crazy. And everyone loses their mind because it's so foreign to what we're expecting out of the very solemn and straight and, and, and you know, just very Daigo. You know, the, the just he's just here for business to beat everybody's ass in Street Fighter and then, you know, go chew bubblegum. But anyways, he... Uh, when he's on his stream, we've seen a lot more of him since Beast TV came out, and then especially for English speakers when FGC Translated started showing us what he was actually saying most of the time. And um, and, and what I've noticed is that he he very much is that human um, that, that you don't really see as much when he's in tournament mode. And I don't think that's him putting on a face in either situation. I think he's just more focused versus like when you're you at home playing casually, you're a different you, in, so to speak. And you say things with a certain amount of gravity versus not. And there's been a lot of stuff that's come out of Daigo uh, out of his mouth where he says this kind of ridiculous outlandish stuff where Everyone that hears it hears it from the from the mouth of Die God, and it's like, oh, and now it's put it on the stone tablets for it is fact, and it's like, no, it's him kind of shooting the shit you up. around, talking about things, maybe using hyperbole sometimes when he speaks, uh, but but so much of it is like he'll say one thing one day, and then it should be this like moment of like, whoa, Kage is now the best character. It's like, oh no. It really wasn't that. He's just feeling like it because he's mad because he lost in the moment or because he did a really cool combo. It's like, oh, yeah, Kage is the best. You know, and we're John, taking that as... Daigo's yeah. never done that because he's never said Akuma is a weak character. Never happened. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, 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 I need to jump in here. I wholeheartedly agree because I just realized that most of our listeners probably don't know this, but uh, I've met Daigo a few times. I've talked to him. He's a nice guy. Um, and the reason I see Daigo very much as human is because... I think this was 2016, it might have been 2017, he came to DreamHack in Sweden and he lost his passport and then the next day he lost his um, wallet and uh, then I had to drive him to the Japanese embassy to help him out. Nice. So uh, I I helped Dai go out for like two days, Uh, so I very much see him as human because losing your passport and wallet within a 24-hour span without these events being connected... That is not the act of a god. <laughs> Maybe he's the god okay. of mischief. But like, I, I remember when he was on stage for uh, was it Guilty Gear? But he didn't know where to stand, and it became like a meme. Yeah. And he like comes up and like, oh, what do I do? That that was probably that same weekend, right? Um, We're gonna say it was. My, for story's sake, it was the same weekend. 
and obviously yeah, sure, whatever yeah and obviously daigo is not a god because uh he has bunk tier lists when and number one characters that of course no one could ever agree with right so daigo <laughs> washed up don't believe what he says uh he loses his passports by the often. way, can, can we take a second to appreciate that Catalyst stance here is basically Daigo is a liar sometimes, uh, making John a stupid <laughs> science bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shoutouts to Always Sunny. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, I don't think there's a better note to end it than on that one. So uh, unless anybody else had anything else to say. I have one thing. All right. Playground, though. Oh, Grand play Grand Blue. Blue. I think said play Honda and Grandma. I was like, what? Yeah. Play, play Honda, Grand guys. Blue. <laughs> Have your grandma play Honda, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, jumping in. Let us know if you agree with us or if you hate us now for putting our opinions out here on the internet. Like us, follow us, uh, put us in your top 10 on MySpace. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Perfect.